Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I hope you're having a good day. I'm loving this day. It's so incredibly beautiful out today here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Baseball is back. There's not not a lot to complain about in my world. And I love Mondays. You know I love Mondays. And today's going to be great because this hour I'm joined by two friends who are going to be talking about China. Dwight Nordstrom is the chairman of Pacific Resources International. It's a privately held U.S. company, but they've been doing uh, manufacturing and all kinds of things in China for the last 33 years. And Joanne Pittman's also in the studio with me, and she, um, you can go to chinasource.com, .org. Thank you for the correction on the spot. Let me hit that try it again button. Uh, Here we go, chinasource.org, and you can sign up to be on their um, on their uh, mailing list, and you can learn all about what's going on. Their vision is is to to engage inside society and outside uh, of China as, as they contribute to and influence the global church conversation for the advancement of God's kingdom. What a great purpose. So, Dwight and Joanne, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, I would say there's quite a bit going on in the news lately with China. Let's, let's process it a little bit. Well, you just had... Uh the Secretary of State Pompeo uh, at the Nixon Library. And those that may remember, Nixon was the one that reestablished political relationships between the People's Republic of China, where the Communist Party is, and the United States in the early 70s, uh, which was concluded then with Jimmy Carter in 79, 78, 79. And now you've got the closure of the consulate in Houston. Wow. Uh, it's a litany of problems so you have the world's two largest economies. This is so unlike the Cold War with the Soviet Union. Uh, you know, we've had 29 operations, about 4,000 employees within China. Uh, but what what a change. You've, you've had issues of uh, COVID-19 malfeasance. Uh, I think that's fairly clear how much is still to be determined. You have uh, what's happened in northwest China with the Uyghurs. You've had Christian persecution. Uh, you've had intellectual property rights, continued stealing, mm-hmm. government. And so this has been a really horrible time, uh, even though the two people, the people from the Christians and from the U.S. and from China, we still need to relate to each other and, and to support each other and pray for each other. So that's one reason why Joanne and I are here is just to encourage that, continue the interactions, but recognize, I think, you know, the U.S. government certainly saying the Chinese Communist Party cannot be trusted to abide by. It's got to be trust and verify. Mm-hmm. And Joanne, you went over to China to teach English in, what, 1984? And Yes, I went to China in 1984 for what I thought was going to be one year of teaching English at a university. Well, I stayed until 2013. <laughs> it was a really long year. That's a long year. Yeah, and I uh, lived in three different cities, but the last 15 years that I was there, I was in Beijing. Okay, and you were just there recently, weren't you? I was. Uh, I made a ver- uh, Early December, okay. I made a quick trip to Beijing to visit some friends and do a little business, and... Uh, was just on the ground for about a week, and so very, very glad that I made that trip because uh, 
I was uh, kind of going back and forth. Should I go in December or go in April? Oh, wow. And I'm really glad you I went the, because right I couldn't go right now. Yeah. Now, we have lots to talk about. And I also want to let our listeners know that if you have any questions about uh, China and, you know, the missionary work or the, the business end of it, you can certainly uh, text me or call me at 877-933-2484. The phone lines are open and the text line is open as well. Now, uh, Dwight, right before we went on the air, you were talking about your um, company, your employees. You've well, uh, we had over fifteen, uh, fifteen hundred, and until two weeks ago, no one had COVID nineteen. No right. family member, no direct employee. Uh, we had an instance, and that particular division had to be shut down for two weeks. Uh, and it was the transmission did not happen at work. You know, we've yeah. had best practices there. God's so protection it, it, too. God's protection. Uh, I think God's protection. Listen, this is always, it's a both and. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, God, you know, calls it to participate, but it is God's sovereignty. Uh, So the COVID-19 has, has, regardless of some of the data questioning you may do, uh, it has been relatively controlled within China to date. Uh, And I say that, you know, we have supply chains. uh, We're shipping just, for instance, our shower door factory. We're up to 46, 40-foot containers per week. Uh, most of that going to Home Depot and Lowe's were number one supplier to them for shower doors. And, you know, I got two generations of supply chain and things are working rather smoothly. So if there was a big problem, uh, we would understand that. Now, you have lived over there for the last 30 plus years, right? Sure. And yeah. you came home for the, oh, we, the, uh, the New China, Year's? Lunar New Year was Lunar end of, end of uh, January. So uh, you sneak back to the States? Uh, f- well, actually, yes, I did, uh, though I had an intermediate stop and was thinking I was going to go back by mid-February. And at that point, it was like, no, let's wait. And then it's like, it can't happen. So we do have the uh, beast invitations, and that process is going and anticipate returning yeah. here in, you, in, uh, later this year. You realize it's July now. I do. This has <laughs> been an... You know, I think, okay, so I've done stuff I have never would have done. So like, my, for example? Oh, so we don't want to be in California for a long time. I, I've now been with my family in five states, okay. spending three weeks at a time, a uh, lot of late-night phone calls, a lot I of bet. early morning phone calls. But this has been a hopefully a family. My 15-year-old is here with me, Tiffany, and uh, we're, I'm very happy for that. Hello, Jewel and Jasmine, if you're listening, too. Really nice. Yeah. All right. I want to learn more about uh, what's going on uh, from the business standpoint, because I find this really interesting. There, you always think that if if, if the COVID-19 has hit, uh, China's got to be one of the worst places with the worst amounts of infection rate. But it's not really the case, is it? Okay. So... Our businesses are two. We do China for China. So the China domestic market, who's buying medical stents, who's buying chemicals for the printed circuit boards, that one I can give you a real clear inflection points what's happened. There's also the export market. Okay. So our export markets have been more affected than our domestic markets. Uh, a lot of reason for that is not COVID-19, but the Trump import duties. Okay. Uh, which have, you know, really now over half the products made in China have a 20, uh, arguably a 25% import duty on them. However, business in China is good. It's uh, amazingly, we're growing probably 3% this third quarter, and our factories are representing that. We have had two factories that uh, have probably suffered fatal blows out of, out of nine, but that's uh, that's business. Yeah, that's still, that's that's it, hard, hard to hear. Uh, you, you prefer not, but 
So that's families out of work and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One one had 120 people and uh, was doing great, but a combination of tariffs and and uh, we had to make the decision to not keep that one open. Mm-hmm. Have several house churches though in that area, which yeah. is good. Yeah, and I want to hear about the house churches. Please share what what that is like. Well. Listen, in doing business, you're with people 40 to 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You get to share your faith. You get to say, why make decisions? We have a, we have a competitive advantage because we've got the Holy Spirit. We can keep our ethics. It's not just a set of laws and regulations. And people see that. And in business, we experience for the indirects, those in accounting, finance, uh, HR, sales, engineering, within about six months, they start really asking, how are, why are you able to do how you do it? And then we say, why don't you take a look at this book? Uh, why don't you join a study? And in most places, there's not an open church that's within reasonable distance. So then they decide as a group to have, uh, they start meetings over lunch, after and before work, not during work time, and, and uh, things grow from there. Mm-hmm. And then what is um, the missionary work like right now, Joanne? Well, for those uh, Christians who uh, live and work in China in a variety of fields, whether business or education, um, it's very difficult right now because most people are out of the country because uh, Chinese New Year, uh, the country shuts down really for a month in January and February. And so a lot of people who live and work in China leave the country for either vacation or conferences or whatever. So a lot of people, foreign workers, they left China in January for what they thought was going to be two or three week vacation. And they haven't been able to get back in because Either the schools they were teaching at or studying at or the businesses they were working at closed down and they couldn't get back in. And uh, then by the I think it was the middle of March, China basically closed the borders and said, even if you have a valid working visa, you can't come. Wow. And uh, so so there's a lot of people who are kind of like Dwight and his family. They've uh, you know, they're they're back at home um, waiting to find out. If they'll be able to get back in, um, I know a lot of people who have been, who are university teachers in China, who who've continued to work teaching their classes online. If they had been in China, they would have gone to online teaching, but they're doing it from here. Mm-hmm. So they're teaching their classes in the middle of the night or studying Chinese. Um, so it's been it's been difficult. There are some I think who are still there, but but uh, China put on the sort of you know quote unquote lockdown very very early. And uh, so even people who are still in China, they're not able to really go out and, and do a whole lot um, just because of the there's still a lot of restrictions in place. Mm-hmm. And then I see this in the Christian Post. And this headline is very disturbing. China orders Christians to take down crosses, images of Jesus, worship communist leaders, not God. Yes, I've seen that article. Um, I think... The, the main thing I would caution about that article yeah. is that it's based on a report of something that probably happened in one place. Okay. And the headline then jumps to China has done this. Right. and makes it, it gives the impression that this is sort of a nationwide policy. And what they're really reporting on is something that, you know, and in China, local officials have a lot of discretion. So okay. probably one official has done this. You know, they, they read the... They read the sort of vague pronouncements from the party, and they say, "Well, this is this is how I'll do this here." So I think, did it did it happen? Probably. Um, is it that ch- this is a new China wide policy? I probably don't think so at this point. That's so interesting because yeah. I believe everything I read. 
you know, well, headlines are the most dangerous. But what what's important is it's difficult to get truly accurate, statistically significant data from there, China. Yeah. So you have inductive things. So we've got nine locations, but out of that, maybe thirty different locations. China. If you're asking me in the last 33 years, this is the most, uh, for me, it's unquestionably the toughest time to be a public Christian. Mm. Uh, and so we need to pray for that. Uh, secondly, there are extreme restrictions on certain content. So for us, uh, most of our divisions are in manufacturing of medical aerospace parts. Mm-hmm. We do have the largest privately held Christian publisher, and we would do a million books a year. Uh, Christian values. Uh, we we would like to do twenty to thirty new books a year, and this year we've received only three approvals, and we're well over halfway through. So, uh, the re- the restriction on ISBNs, it's not just pointed towards Christians, but it certainly is having that effect. Open churches right now, China, in many cities in China, is limiting them coming back together. Uh, is that specifically and only against Christian open churches? No, but it's certainly being used that way. I would say f- there's a increased percentage of the Chinese Communist Party that sees biblical Christian values as antithetical to the long-term CCP doctrines. Interesting. All right, let me take a little break. Uh, Dwight Nordstrom and Joanne Pittman are my guests. All things China this hour. This is very interesting. If you have a question you'd like to ask, you can call or text 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. I'm back with Dwight Nordstrom and Joanne Pittman, two people who have dedicated their lives do being uh, doing missionary work in China, although Dwight's a businessman, but you're, your heart is for the Lord. So Absolutely. That's why you're there at the end of the day. I think I have that right, don't I? You have that right. Yes. Okay, good. So I want to talk about uh, just the suppression on uh, churches in China right now. I know that best practices will allow certain businesses to function at certain levels, but they're more restrictive on churches, aren't they? Yes, and again, you've got 200 cities of a million or more in wow, China that's just related amazing. to 10 in the U.S. So, yeah. uh, and, 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 of course, the ways that China laws and regs are written, they're very broad and not a lot, very specific. So how individual cities implement is quite different. Okay. So no statement that Joanne and I will make today is China-wide, but it would be for this city or this district, things like that. Having said that... Uh, most cities uh, with open churches, uh, approximately, let's say, 25% of the Christians in China go to open churches because they're close. I mean, many don't have that option. Uh, there Very few are being re- have been allowed to reopen. Uh, and if they have, they've had some significant restrictions there. So if I have a—if there's a church in China, is, are they always listening? What's going on inside those, those walls? Is there— uh, certainly, the churches, that I, the churches that I that I worship at in the different cities where our factories are at in Beijing, uh, not just monitored, but uh, people record your name and things. Really? Yeah, yeah. 
And, and two, I think it's important to remember that the open churches are public. They're public spaces. So okay. anybody can walk in. So if you're a government official and your job is to monitor, you go in. Um, you can, and nobody's going to stop you because it's the churches are open um, to everybody. The other thing about them being public spaces is that China requires security cameras in all public spaces. And so there are security cameras in the um, open churches. And I remember when that started to appear, a lot of people were kind of up in arms. And it's like, well, they've been in the restaurants, you know, and they, they kind of worked their way around to the churches. So surveillance and monitoring and, you know, the government keeping tabs is, is part of life in China. It's, and, it's big data on steroids. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you want to go on a subway in most of the cities that have subways right now, with the COVID-19, you have to actually register via – if you don't have a, uh, a uh, up-to-date phone, you've got to register your space and be shown that I'm COVID-free or I don't have the symptoms for it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the whole social monitoring, social credit scores, China is, I would say, easily six to ten times the data – gobbling monster entity that you have here in the, in, in the U.S. Mm. And I think, too, on the uh, the monitoring side, um, one of the things that COVID did, because China was, like I said, China was the first in the world to shut down. I don't think any society in history had ever said, let's just stop everything for, for a mm. disease. And so everything closed, and that included churches. But because we are in the era of, of connectivity and the Internet, and Chinese people, China is very wired. They live on their phones. They live on the Internet as much as maybe more than we do here. And so the churches went online. They went online two to three months, about two months before we did. And that that was true for the um, open, the, the legal you know, state churches, and it was true for the house churches. They just went on to WeChat or they went online. And so suddenly we um, we were seeing open churches that might have had um, so a thousand people coming on a Sunday morning to their services, they put their services, their the songs and the sermons online, live streaming, and they were having a hundred thousand people Whoa. access it. Really? Yeah. And and it's it's counterintuitive, but most things in China are counterintuitive. Yeah. But but so they were saying, okay, well, you know. I, last week before this shutdown, I was preaching to a thousand people on Sunday. <laughs> now I'm preaching the gospel to a hundred thousand yeah. people, and so we've seen. It's been really interesting to watch how the church has adapted to this online environment. Um, you know, struggling with how do you shepherd your flock when you can't see them? How do you um, how do you do sermons? How do you do discipleship? How do you do communion? These are all big issues that that they were about two months ahead of us in kind of beginning to wrestle with. Yeah, and, and I just want to encourage listeners, uh, is this a new Roman road, the, the digital side? We maybe theoretically talked about it, but it's here now. The ability to meet one-on-one in the U.S. and China is limited, but you can via the Internet portals and Zoom and everything else. I don't want to advertise any particular one, one right. model. Uh, so... Let's just say we're doing a million books a year with our division that's been there since 2003. Uh, so let me give you a big change. How about this? For those that know retail, this one will, hopefully will blow your mind. So I was doing over 60% of sales to churches in third quarter of 2019. That today is less than 10%. Now, 
it's flipped. It's not the volumes necessarily increased that much, but now my sales are much more difficult. I'm not selling 50 books at a time to a local church, discipleship material, things like that. I'm doing one-off mailings to some location or to some uh, one of the book resellers on the Internet. So there's a hunger uh, and, and it's changed, but you don't. Ha- I've never seen any that rapid of an end customer change than that particular thing. It's it's you know churches of course are closed, so they're not ordering things, but it's going yeah. to uh, indiv- more much smaller orders. One of the things too we've seen in the house churches is that um, because of you know they're doing the same thing, they're going online, and again this is counterintuitive because aren't the house churches illegal? Aren't they underground? Aren't mm-hmm. they trying to stay away from the government? Well, their, service, their services are all online as well and, 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 uh, and accessible. So I guess I think a lot of times Chinese um, Americans start from this thing, well, how do you want, how do you, you know, how can we hide from the government? And I think the Chinese base of operations is we can't. So let's not Let's not waste a whole lot of time trying. So <laughs> let's just do what we let's just do what we do. And um, but one of the things that we've seen is that um, because people are now online and used to connecting, is that um, pastors and I think this is true both in the official church and in the the, uh, the registered church and the unregistered church is we've heard stories of of pastors getting on Zoom and you know whatever you know um, platform they're using from all over the country having prayer meetings and encouraging one another and something that would have never happened wow. before this. Yeah. And, and don't forget love. Uh, it's been true the last 35 years. Most Chinese Christians ultimately come to Jesus because some Christian love them. Uh, do that, but if you have to do that long distance via spending time with them on a digital platform that that that's that's fine and and also I think in your words uh, discriminate between Chinese people and maybe the current uh, Chinese Communist Party those are you know different aspects and and listen you know there's still twenty plus percent of the world's economy if you're doing business you need to be in China now oftentimes that means a different uh, incarnation so it's more in China for China with some of the import duties coming to both countries and things of that nature, protecting your IPR, how you do that has got to be strategized. But uh, they're an integral part of uh, before Jesus comes again. Mm. So it's interesting what happens in the midst of a pandemic, the way the gospel can be exploding. I, 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 I would not say it's exploded, but the channels have changed. Okay. And we still got to pray for the Holy Spirit. You know, I, 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 if if you ask me my gut right now, I think the church is fairly static uh, in China. But when I look at the U.S., I'm seeing people dropping out of church. So I don't I haven't seen that as much in China. Mm-hmm. All right. We're talking to Dwight Nordstrom and Joanne Pittman and their experience in China is absolutely fascinating. If you have any questions you'd like to ask them about business in China or missionary work or their lives because they are fascinating people and I have them here for the full hour. So you can uh, either call or you can uh, send me a text. The number for both is 877-933-2484. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the show. Dwight Nordstrom and Joanne Pittman are my guests. They've been serving in China and still are. Uh, Dwight's probably going to get back in the next several months. And he's uh, been a businessman over there and uh, a great lover of uh, evangelism and sharing the gospel through his work. And Joanne's been doing uh, missionary work there for many, many years. So we're I'm honored to have them both here. So any question you might have about uh, China, or uh, you can just let me know. You can call or text 877-933-2484. Listener said, we'd love to hear a story of, of a life change through Christ, especially through your involvement. Individual. Uh, a lady who came to our electronics factory and within six months said, what are you doing you're just being too strong in your Christianity, mm. and I don't want to feel forced. And we had about three of us in the room, and we're like, what is she talking about? And, <laughs> and, and it was like well, the Holy Spirit was just and, – and three years later, um, she accepted the Lord. Uh, she has been on fire. But for those in business, this was an HR manager that was totally by the book, regulation, um, not – the one that I would end up, I mean, the, her operation about 120, but to do now 500 people, uh, you need a different, you need a different personality. And God has just changed her life and it's affected her husband, her child. And so thank the Lord for that. And those, those could be said thousands of times. Really? That's fantastic. Uh, it is great to see people and, and you're not seeing people become Christians and fall away. Uh, that That's not normal because of the, I think the cost and the fact that they see Hey, this is truth, and it really affects my life. This is not just for the the eternity, but I can actually do these things that I want to do to love people. How do you, how do you sustain love when somebody's just a material being? Oh, I don't yeah. see how you do that. So uh, many many examples like that, particularly in my HR area and in my finance area, because finance is a whole area of corruption and related things and two book two or more books on the on the thing so i love it joanne i know you have got many stories yeah I, for for many years uh in the 90s i was director of a program for foreigners uh americans who were studying chinese and one of my jobs was to hire tutors for uh for the americans who were studying chinese and that was a good way for just really to build relationships and do a lot of one-on-one um you know, sharing of the faith. And there was one young woman who came very, very much, you know, atheist and not interested. And she eventually became a Christian. And then uh, now she and her husband actually are doing um, doing outreach and evangelistic work among a minority people in Southwest China, which That's is really great. exciting. That's great. So talk a little bit about the difference between communist China and the Chinese people. Well, you have oh, about slightly more than 70 million ethnic Chinese who live outside of what's called mainland China. Those would be people in Taiwan, 20 plus million people in Singapore. Of course, in the U.S. here, we have uh, set low seven digits of ethnic Chinese people living here as well. So that would, I, I guess, you know, be the easiest way to say it. But 1.4 million Chinese live in the geographic area, which we call the People's Republic of China. Okay. And, and, in Communist Party, there's roughly 85 to 90 million party members. By the way, wow. that's actually been... 85 to 90 million? Yeah, yeah. So they're, very, by, by the way, fascinating. Just about the same number of Christians, dependent upon really? slightly more, slightly less. And, you've, and, and there's not many other... You can see why there's a little bit of threat there. You know, very clearly, 
a, a doctrine that was instituted by the party a couple of years ago was you cannot be a party member or retired party member and be a theist. And so that's been a real challenge. But, uh, yeah, so you've, you've got this, and, and there's been a – I would say the one thing that's changed in the last few years is discipline that the party has had. So, uh, you know, when I first started managing people with General Electric in the mid-'80s, every Saturday afternoon was a CCP party member meeting. Most of my workers were party members. Uh, that really somewhat disappeared in the early 2000s under um, under uh, the other – several leaders, Jiang Zeming and other, and, mm-hmm. and now it's been really restarted again. So there's been a pretty hard and, and uh, in some ways an elimination. So that number, I think, has gone down, active party members. And then, yeah. oh, go ahead, Joanne. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's important to remember that, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party really under Xi Jinping, who came to power in 2013, after a period of about two decades of sort of just, Communism and Marxism as a slogan has really sort of trying to to bring it back into the center of social and civic life. And uh, so you hear a lot more uh, Marxist rhetoric than Mm -hmm. you did before. Do people believe it any more than they did 10 years ago? Maybe, maybe not, but they know they have to say they do now. So the the idea what they call the ideological work is much stronger now in China of people. of the government, you know, pushing its agenda, pushing its its teachings, pushing its philosophy. And as Dwight said, um, there's a tendency within the party to view any religious faith as a potential threat. It's another it's a competing ideology. And the party is in power um, 70 plus years later because they don't allow competing ideologies mm-hmm. to grow. And so so they do look at and they say, okay, there's 85 million of us and maybe there's 80 million Christians. And so that does make them, um, that does make them nervous. Uh, there is a very well-respected content radio internet digital mission group uh, that's been operating for 70 plus years. Wow. Has a, employment over 20 in Hong Kong and they, they have to leave. Um, it's going to be indirect, but they, they, you know, so Hong Kong is a good example. If you want to see maybe the process of how that type of management control happens, look over the next few years with the educational material for Hong Kong students, look at uh, how they deal with nonprofits. Yeah. And I think that, um, under Xi Jinping, it's all about control. When he came to power in 2013, after really two decades of kind of loosening and opening up, and it was kind of like a wild west in China, you could do anything. And and uh, and I think that I think that the the um, general secretary Xi saw that the party had really lost a lot of its control over every aspect of Chinese society. And so what he's been doing since 13 is systematically bringing the party back in. Um, the center of life and making sure that every sector of Chinese society is underneath the party. And that that includes religion. I think a lot of people outside of China, when we hear, you know, stories like the story in the Christian Post, Mm -hmm. we think that the harassment or the persecution is targeted at Christians or religious believers. But in fact, every aspect of society is feeling this sort of squeeze and this pressure to get back underneath the control of the party. And I think, I, I again, think it's partly driven by 2021, which is the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party. 
and um, I, I fully anticipate the the party to throw a really big party next year oh, wow. at that. And I think that Xi Jinping wants the country to be in a certain place of by course. that day. And, and so a lot of what we're seeing needs to be understood in that light. What do you think when you hear of a renewed interest in Marxism here in the U.S.? It's baffling. Okay, I thought <laughs> you're both looking at me like, yeah, that's a tough one. My dad said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. Okay, <laughs> your dad's a smart guy. It's baffling. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand. Uh, from, you know, I, I, part of my Chinese was learned as a translator in a refugee camp coming out of Vietnam. Uh, if you're looking at historical Marxism as practice, as actual, it's not, it's not something that I would be drawn to at all. Mm-hmm. And how much does the Chinese pay attention to American politics? Tremendously. Oh, well, interesting. Uh, okay, so n- now... This will be our first controversial statement, okay? There's been a whole slew of articles in The Economist about how the Chinese Communist Party wants Trump to win. Okay. All I can tell you is I did an inductive study among my senior connect. These are people that go top provincial level. Mm -hmm. Five of the six were unanimous that the CCP would much prefer Biden over Trump. What does that mean? I'm not even trying to say... For the U.S., but it, it is interesting how well they've been able, I think, to disguise uh, their perception. Uh, this has clearly been the most antagonistic administration-to-administration relationship since the uh, the reestablishment of relationships uh, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, it, I think uh, most Americans would be quite surprised at how much China, local Chinese, just the average Chinese person follows what happens in the U.S. because we don't really follow a lot of the sort of day-to-day news um, about the about China. Well, I do because it's part of my job. Right. Um, but they really are interested, and now they do have access to what's going on. It, there's a certain filtering process because uh, the Chinese government has pretty strict control over the Internet, so, you know, they can monitor what stories are told and what stories are allowed published. But China has a very, very high-spirited and freewheel social media environment. And um, as long as you're not on social media criticizing the party, criticizing the government, criticizing your leaders, challenging, you know, the official line on anything, it's pretty freewheeling. And so Chinese are actually quite... You know, they're commenting, they write memes about American politics. But my personal experience, I mean, I was in China for many years. um, And most of the times I was in China during a U.S. election. In fact, I would rather be in China (laughs) during an election year (laughs) than here. The other day I was commenting, oh, I wish I wish I weren't in this country for the election. But um, it's surprising how much they, they follow. And I think, again, I think a lot of times they're interested, but. It's a bit baffling to them because they have no participation in their political system mm, whatsoever. And they look at ours and it's total chaos. You know, and they're like, how can you get anything done? It's like, well, it's total chaos, but that's kind of the way it was designed. And so it's hard for them. There's a fascination and like, well, we, you know, we could never do that. But, but they do follow it. Mm-hmm. They do follow it. And I would say not just politically and among the Christians, they're also following... Um, because of social media now, 
they're following what they're following what's happening in the churches. So I was talking recently with a Chinese person said Chinese what they hear on social media, for example, are stories of um, like a, there was a church who is it the who is the televangelist who was kind of saying send in money and you can get I get over Ken Copeland was that his name yeah, <laughs> somebody possibly yeah <laughs> somebody and and those stories they hear like oh you know or they'll hear about churches that say you know what we don't. We don't care what the government we don't care if the government says we cannot meet. We're going to meet anyway. And they don't have um, their system is so different. So it's hard for them to understand. So a lot of Christians I know are interested in following the debates and the conversations about that American Christians are having, particularly in COVID and how we relate to the government and all of that. And so Christians are following the church in America to, I think, say, do we want to do we want to use them as examples or not? Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to use a 20% rule. And I think this is important for business. Today I was with a company. Uh, they make products and they had sort of walked away from the China market. And they're in high-speed rail. They need to be in China. But right now we've gone from 40 to 6% of the economy, which is more state-owned in some manner. That's been a major shift from 2010 uh, so the control of, of the government and the party of the economy is is much larger than it was 10 years ago. you got to stay involved if you want to be in, in top in world business and be competitive. Similar in the church, if I, many cross-cultural efforts by the Chinese Christians to go to the Arab world, the Islamic worlds, the unreached worlds, and we need to partner with them. Uh, let's remember Jesus' you know, thing that they'll know us because of our love for each other. Let's love, let's communicate. We have to stay in interaction, but be smart. And I would say in a government-to-government thing, I think the trust and verify is is, is probably the, what was going to happen on both sides for the next five years at least. Mm-hmm. So if I go on the Internet and I criticize uh, Xi Jinping or the um, Communist Party, what would be my penalty? If you're a Chinese person? Yeah. Um, you might lose your job. You might be arrested. You might be detained. There was a... There was a scholar at a university recently who wrote a scathing open letter, um, posted it on his on his uh, WeChat, which is the social media, kind of Twitter, whatever you want to call it. But um, and he was he was detained for I can't remember how long, um, and then he was released recently. I think people were surprised by that. And then his um, university fired him. So wow. it could go from losing your job to going into detention. And in China, you they, you can be arrested um, and detained for two years without being told why. <laughs> detained? What does that mean? That sounds like you're going to you're in prison yeah. for a couple of years. Yes, that, yeah. detained sounds like nicer though, doesn't it? Even though it's not. There are several stories of. There's over 200 billionaires in the uh, central consultative part, what we would consider to the central government. Wow. And those are all, by the way, first-generation billionaires. Uh, there's several examples of those that who have not stayed with the current line, and it's not just uh, physical imprisonment, but also their assets would be taken away. Wow. It's incredible. So interesting. Let me take a little break. Uh, we'll be back in just uh, 90 seconds. Dwight Nordstrom and Joanne Pittman are my guests. We still have time for another question. If you have one, 
All right, we're back with Dwight Nordstrom and Joanne Pittman. Okay, some questions are coming in. This is interesting because you'll have to explain this. Good citizen points. Are people uh, tracked for levels of loyalty like I hear happens in North Korea? Let's not discuss North Korea in the same context with uh, Chinese Communist Party, People's okay. Republic of China. Let's okay. just talk about uh, there's a social credit score rating system. Uh, all of our operations in China, are being, our HR departments and our finance are going to continue education training. It's about 20 hours right now to get certified in that. Uh, certainly the independent variables that are being rated and influencing a score, and it's, it, is, it is a quantitative score, uh, deal with that uh, characteristic that was asked, plus many other things like that. Uh, so it is it is being implemented and rather rigorously, uh, uh, and the impact is your educational future, where you wow. where you can uh, go to work. There's certain jobs uh, we're, we're choosing. We have to participate. Um, we're not including that right now in our uh, job interviews, but it certainly will get there with other companies. And it's even stricter within the Communist Party. So Communist Party members. Um, have to, I think there's an app like Xi Jinping's, all of his teachings yep. and all of his writings, really? and they have to do that. And and I think Communist Party members are required to spend so many, some, a certain amount of time every day or every week going through these and answering questions. And uh, and if they don't, they get into trouble. So within the party, it's even stricter. And that would be more the loyalty to the party, whereas maybe the social credit is a little bit broader, you know, your behavior in, in public and things like so that. So you get like you get like demerits if you misbehave in public and that, that will decrease. Uh, no your chances. question about I mean certainly if you got a jaywalking thing it would it would get in there. By the way, this go extends to family members. So uh, yeah. really? So yeah. if you do something illegal it's gonna cost your family your, as well? Their credit uh, the, score or their, their individuals in your family points? will have their credit score partially impacted wow. by credit scores of other people. <laughs> What's that like over there? Well, let's think of it in a different way. You know, one of the incredible things about the gospel, and I love it about Ezekiel and others, God said, I'm not going to bring the sins of the father. Now, yes, there is the sins of the father, third, third and fourth generation, but no longer will I do that. Mm-hmm. And individual responsibility, individual confession, uh, though that those are some of the freedoms that I think are happening. Uh, the family, we need to pray for that. The family unit is prized in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see the educational excellence that happen or studies, but uh, it's also under stress right now. Uh, like I think what's happening, we don't have a lot of data, but in our book side, unfortunately, we're seeing divorce uh, increasing. Again, it, it, it tend to get the close to the U.S. levels and stay static, it seems now that it's increasing again. Mm-hmm. I have another business question. I think this is going to go your direction, Dwight. Will USA business come back to USA because of COVID? So that's called reshoring, and there's a little bit of that, but most of where we've got to get out of China for security purposes, Apple's 30% directive, we supply Apple parts that you can't just source out of China, so they need dual sources. In order of where people are moving, it depends upon what industry, electronics, stainless steels, uh, aircraft related. In general, Vietnam's filled up. Uh, People are going more towards Thailand, the Philippines, Mexico. So the U.S. is only fifth on that list right now in terms of classic 
reshoring of stuff that was done in China. There will be some critical pharmaceutical issues that will get incentives by governments within the U.S., uh, and they'll come back. But the reshoring is actually not bringing a lot of manufacturing jobs back here. But I will say the manufacturing is strong. I sell, I mean, we, we buy a lot of U.S. parts and sell to China. Uh, so our balance of trade actually is fairly positive for both countries. And uh, the U.S. has got some great manufacturers here. My experience is the manufacturers here, though, are blind a little bit about how they have to customize what they make and the way they get it delivered there. There's just got to be some customization. It's a big market, and, and I, I think U.S. manufacturers, many of them are missing the mark there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean to ask a question that would ask you to be critical of the Chinese government. Thank you. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, but I'm so curious as to the information that we received out of China regarding COVID-19 and the speed at which we received information and the quality of the information. And you guys are looking at me like no one's talking right now. So come up with a better question. <laughs> so let's move on, huh? Well, I'll just, you know, from public sources, I think that, you know, there there is some evidence that um, it was, that there was more known earlier okay. than was than was stated. And yeah. I think that whether it was some, you know, grand conspiracy at the central government level. It, it could have just been local officials saw this new disease that was going around and the incentive structure within the Communist Party and the government is not to report bad news up because if something bad, if I'm the party leader of a city of 10 million people and something bad happens in my city and I report it up, I might lose my job, I might get in trouble. So. It might have been simply that the local officials were seeing it and were trying to deal with it, and um, and and it got out of hand, it got out of control. So, yeah. So there's, I think they knew more earlier. Why they why it wasn't um, re- more information wasn't released earlier is probably quite complicated. Oh, I I can understand. Yeah, and so two personal stories. So I'm in China. Uh, we have two factories that are in South China. South China has great Lunar New Year celebrations. On January 10th, I had 680 people. And on January 15th, I had 300 people. I had, gov- I had tables of government people that were part of that celebration. These are three-and-a-half-hour workers sing. They do plays. They do skits. We award prizes. There's raffles. Uh, those local government officials, if they had known of COVID-19, they would so. I, I can just say even within China, and you know, but then by January 23rd, the Wuhan was shut down. Wow. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it certainly hit China rather fast. Uh, I, I, my question is, you know, okay, so what good can come out of this? Is there any, uh, there's not going to be reparations. I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. International mm-hmm. law. So, you know, okay, uh, that system has benefits and has drawbacks in, in how it has dealt with, with COVID-19. Yeah, and I think because China is an authoritarian state, they were able to say, "Okay, we'll just shut everything down." Yeah, and and they have the the, the party has the authority to do that. Mm-hmm. In China, um, Joanne, tell our my listeners about ChinaSource.org. Yes, I'd like to invite our listeners to visit um, the website of the organization that I work for, China Source, and we do research and writing on the church in China. So, if you'd like balanced, uh, in depth. Um, behind-the-scenes analysis and information about uh, the issues facing Chinese Christians, we welcome you to 
visit us at chinasource.org. We're not breaking news, but we're, we provide analysis. Mm-hmm. And Dwight, how can we support you? Well, uh, I'd like to flip the question how we can support listeners. If you have Chinese friends that are inquisitive and they want to read in Mandarin Chinese Simplified, please go to zdlbooks.org. Uh, and there's other great Christian publishers too, but zdlbooks.org and uh, hopefully buy some books and give them to your Chinese friends and uh, we're happy to help out. Uh, It's a limited supply of titles. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just unfortunately, um, you know, right now with the ISBN issues in China, uh, you're not going to find 3,000 Christian content books in Mandarin Chinese right now. That number is going to be closer to about 1,000 only. Yeah, it's been so interesting. I hope I've asked some interesting questions. You just have so so many so much to share. It's been a wonderful hour. Thank you for being here. Thank you for asking us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord is right. That wraps up our show for the day. Um, thank you uh, so much for uh, supporting Faith Radio and listening to the uh, show. If you go to the the uh, webpage myfaithradio.com, you can hear any of this that you missed. Special thanks to Dwight Nordstrom and Joanne Pittman for being here. And the uh, again, the, the uh, website is chinasource.org. All right, that wraps up our day. Have a great evening, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.